have your Bibles uh, or your electronic device with your Bible on it, or you're just going to listen, we're going to be first in Numbers chapter 10 and second in Joel chapter 2. Numbers chapter 10 and Joel chapter 2. And once you get to Numbers 10, if you'll stand for the reading of Scripture, if you're able to do that, we'll be starting in verse 2, verse 1, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Make thee two trumpets of silver, a whole piece shalt thou make them, that thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the camps. And when they shall blow with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to thee at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And if they blow but one trumpet, then the princes, which are heads of the thousands of Israel, shall gather themselves unto thee. When ye blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east parts shall go forward. When ye blow an alarm the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall take their journey. They shall blow an alarm for their journeys. But when the congregation is to be gathered together, thou shalt blow, but ye shall not sound an alarm. And the sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow with the trumpets, and they shall be to you for an ordinance for an ordinance forever throughout your generations. And if ye go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresseth you, then ye shall blow an alarm with the trumpets, and ye shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and ye shall be saved from your enemies. Also in the day of your gladness and in your solemn days, and in the beginnings of your months, ye shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings that they may be to you for a memorial before your God. I am the Lord your God. And now in Joel chapter 2, I'm going to read just a couple of uh, passages there. I'm going to read uh, Joel chapter 2 verse 1 and uh, then also Joel chapter 2 verses 15 through 17. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. And then verses 15 through 17. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and those that suck the breast. Let the bride go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet, the bridegroom, I'm sorry, out of, forth out of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep before the porch and the altar and let them say, spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? Let's pray. Father, as we come before your throne of grace tonight, our day has changed with the changing of the weather. Whether we're weary or rested, whether we're cold or warm, One thing does not change, and that is your love and your desire to see us follow you. I ask and pray tonight through the teaching and preaching of your word, our hearts will be stirred to continue in our walk with you. 
and you will be honored and glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The two trumpets, when I studied through the book of Joel and preached it before we moved away from Arizona and the warm weather <clears throat> to move up here, some of you will get that in a moment. Uh, see, the last time, we just traveled over here this evening, two-hour drive. Um, the last time we traveled was down to Oklahoma City. You might remember um, for the church planners conference, it was like negative 40 below that morning. Yeah, so it seems like every time we go to travel, the, Satan says, no, we don't want you on the road, and uh, the Lord keeps us safe. Uh, either, that, either, either we're fools or the Lord's watching out or both. <laughs> now, the, the, let's get back to the trumpets. The, the, the trumpets are something that I studied when we were going through the book of Joel, and uh, I wanted to get back to it, so I did over the months start looking things up, scripture, and I uh, started doing research on what they were all about and trying to understand these trumpets uh, so that if there's some application that we could have, some understanding that you and I can have about things in the Bible that, uh, you know, the Old Testament, I mean, who needs it, right? Isn't that what most people think, most new, uh, Christians well, not me, but uh, I don't know. A lot of Christians I talk to, they don't care about Isaiah or Joel or Jeremiah. And yet some of my favorite Bible verses are, pray unto me and I will call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. Jeremiah 33, 3. Uh, let's, let's learn some things from the Old Testament because, you know, in the New Testament, how many verses are quoted? how many passages are referenced, how many stories are alluded to. And then when we get in the New Testament and we hear in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the trump of the Lord shall sound. And what are we thinking about? Going up yonder, right? Because we're, we're ready for the roll to be called. Well, that trumpet of the Lord is right here in the book of Joel. And the book of Joel, when he preaches about the trumpet of the Lord, he re references back to Numbers chapter 10 because the children of Israel would understand that. So if the Israelites would understand that and understand what the day of the Lord refers to when it says the trump of the Lord, don't you think you and I should have that same kind of reference? We won't have the cultural reference that the Jews had in their lives, but we should have at least the biblical references and build upon that in our walk with God. Now these, longs, these uh, horns were the long straight horns. They weren't the curved ones. I notice that in the choir we have a, a trumpet and we have a trombone. I see a tuba and a trombone. I saw a flute. Is there a trumpet over here as well? The little short one with the, yeah, it's curved. Well, these were the long ones that maybe you saw in some of the old movies where they would uh, blow those. Um, and they are unique. Uh, every horn has a purpose and, uh, and a style. My understanding is um, every metal even has a different sound that it makes. Is that right, Brother Sam? And so silver would have a special sound, a very shrill sound, I think. <laughs> Um, and these were not just for show. They were not ornamentation or ritual only. They had purpose. By the way, God gives you things in your life, in your walk with him, that are not for show. They are not for ritual. They are not 
just for a sacrifice, whether it's your Bible, whether it's your prayer time or your offering, everything has a purpose in your walk with him. And these had a purpose. These horns uh, were for use in the lives of the followers of the Lord God Almighty. The one who had taken them through the ten plagues, past the Red Sea, into the wilderness. And here in the wilderness, right before they head to uh, the promised land again, they're given the order to make the two trumpets. There's a purpose. And the, each trumpet has a specific use. One trumpet is what we will call the trumpet of alarm or warning. And the other is the trumpet of assembly. Okay? Now you can call them what you want, but as I studied, those are the two general areas that I found most of the references pointing to, especially in the passages that I've read to you. The trumpet of warning or alarm uh, is get ready, we're about to go do something. Get ready because uh, the, you're going to follow the Lord wherever he leads. Where he leads me, I will follow. We sing these songs, follow, follow on, and uh, everything else. Will you follow him into battle? Oh, I don't have a sword. I don't. No, maybe you have a submachine gun now instead of a sword. Okay, okay. Um, but follow him into battle. How do you follow him into battle today? Bow your head and close your eyes and pray. Uh, if you're driving, keep your eyes open. Where he leads, there's a battle going on. You better, you better be ready to follow. There's an alarm that was trumpeted earlier. Pray for the Collins family. Something's happening. So if, that, that, if you didn't hear that trumpet of alarm, you weren't listening very carefully. That brother made it very clear. He mentioned it at least three or four times that I know of. And folks, we need to be praying for the Collins. As well as pastor as he ministers to them and tries to guide and help them. He might lead you into victory. And that's always a pleasant thing when you... Uh, at work today, uh, my coworker and supervisor, as I'm learning this trade, um, said, it's always nice when things go right. We're struggling to get some parts off of this tank, and we're going at it with, with hammer and uh, everything. <laughs> I'm serious. Finally, we get, we, we get the two uh, housings off, and yeah, satisfying to have victory is what he said. He had no idea what I was thinking. <laughs> it's so satisfying to follow the Lord when he has blown the trumpet and we follow him into battle and he leads us into victory. How about through the valley of the shadow of death like the, the woman that's just lost her two sisters? Uh, folks, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's the trumpet of warning. The trumpet of warning may be for uh, the trials and tribulations that you're going through. And you no, know, you don't hear the audible sound, but you should recognize in your life when the trial's there, when the temptation's there. And it should be a warning to you to respond. 
When you, there's a, a hymn we, uh, we uh, were singing, when you're tempted, did you think to pray? I, I, was, I was reviewing the songs. I actually lead the music too, believe it or not. So I was looking at this song. Did you think to pray when you were tempted? Oh my. And a lot of times what, what we actually do is we plan how we're going to get away with our temptation. We make excuses and we prepare ourselves. Oh, I'm so sick. I, I don't think I'd go to work today. <coughs> Mom, I'm not going to school. I can think I got a fever. Now, I mean, and we, and we play it up. And we're great. You guys good hams? You know how to ham it up, right, guys? Oh, come on, let's be honest. I see the girls smiling, and you guys are staring at me like, mm. At least the girls are willing to admit that they play it up a little bit. Hey, folks, we all do. We all do. Honey, I don't feel like going out to dinner tonight. I just want to stay home. You promised you were going to take me to dinner. <laughs> guys, you better. Trials and tribulations. Did you think to pray? How about following to the gates of hell as a church body? The Padillas were going door to door. They were reaching out in the community. What are you doing? Just because you may not be assembled as a body of 60, 80, 200, whatever, individually and corporately, maybe as a family or as friends, you can be going out and ministering and reaching out and that is taking the church to the gates of hell because this world is dying. Be alert, secondly, not just because we're going to follow the Lord, but the enemy is coming. Uh, in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, right? We're all aware of that New Testament verse. Are you aware in the Old Testament there are some verses that tell us to pay attention, to be forewarned? Um, you know, Satan looks for anyone and everyone. It doesn't matter how old or how young, how good looking or not good looking you are, okay? Folks, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, whether your hair is short and well, uh, still there, or not. <laughs> I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. The Lord put watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem, and they were not to keep silent. They were the ones that would blow the trumpet of warning. If the enemy was coming and they saw him in the distance, they were supposed to alert the people in the city. And you know what? It says at the end of the verse, Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. Are you the ones that make mention of the Lord in this community? Keep not silent. You're on the walls of your Jerusalem. And the enemy is there. Sound the alarm. Be alert. The Lord is coming in judgment is another warning. The Lord, that's where we get to Joel. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion. 
and sound an alarm in mine holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. When it says all the inhabitants, that meant the Canaanites, the Amorites, and everyone else, and the Israelites. All the inhabitants tremble because God was coming to judge. For the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. God's judgment is coming. And we're to tell this world. God's, that's, that's what the tracks are all about. How many of you have the gospel track that you carry around with you? Maybe in your purse, maybe in your wallet or your suit coat or whatever. And most gospel tracks have four points on them. And the first one tells you, you're a sinner. That's the warning. And God's going to judge that sin. There's the warning fulfilled. Ezekiel 22, verses 30 and 31. I sought for a man among them, among the Israelites, among his people, that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. The illustration of that verse would be like Abraham when he prayed for Sodom and Gomorrah. He stood in the gap. He made up the hedge for Sodom and Gomorrah that the Lord would not destroy them. And what was his prayer? Peradventure for 50 righteous souls. And he bartered with God. He got it down to 10, thinking, oh, my nephew Lot and his wife and their four daughters and two sons-in-laws. And there should be a couple others. I forget the total, but I totaled 10 when I did it. And you know what? There wasn't 10 righteous souls. Not even his family was following the Lord. But that's what the, the verse is all about. We're to stand in the gap. We're to be praying for our city. We're to be praying for our area. We're to be praying for our country. Therefore, he says... When he found none to stand in the gap, I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Listen, if God doesn't find someone to stand in the gap and to stay his judgment, his judgment will come like it did for Sodom and Gomorrah. God's judgment will come upon the unrighteous soul. And then there's the trumpet of assembly. Now, in our passage in Joel chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly. Because of what was happening in the land and the judgment of the Lord coming, he wanted them to gather together. We saw there in Numbers chapter 10, they were to gather if they weren't getting ready to move and follow the Lord uh, out into the wilderness or into the battle there in the land. They were to gather there at the door of the tabernacle. The, the elders of Israel were to gather together, assemble together. And the, uh, the, the whole idea is to assemble at the place of worship. God's people coming together at God's place to worship, to fellowship, and to serve, and to praise the Lord. God calls us to assemble. Come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. He doesn't just say come out from among them and be separate. He tells, also has to tell us 
Don't touch the dirty stuff. In other words, don't sin. Don't walk in it. Don't play with it. Don't think about it. Don't practice it. They were called in the book of Joel to a solemn fast. They were called to sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, and this is how serious it is for us, church. It says, gather the children and those that suck the breast, that would be those in the nursery that are still nursing, let the bridegroom go forth of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. When the day of judgment comes, you know who's exempt? Nobody. Everybody will stand before the Lord. Even the bride and the bride, uh, bridegroom have to leave their honeymoon. That's what that verse is talking about. Children, parents, everyone. Let the priest... Even the men and women of God that, uh, that serve the Lord in the church, I think of the prophetess Anna in the temple in the day of uh, Christ's birth and, and uh, his early life. The, the ministers of the Lord, let them weep between the porch and the altar. You know what? Those of us that lead in the church, we should be the ones crying the loudest, begging begging the Lord work in our lives, begging the Lord to forgive the sins of the people, just like Moses was praying for Israel time and time again, just like Abraham prayed for Sodom and Gomorrah. Are you praying for your city? Are you praying for your brothers and sisters? There's been a trumpet of assembly, a call to worship, and a call to a solemn assembly to gather at the temple and to sanctify yourself. Do you know what it means to sanctify yourself? Oh, I, I know sanctification, justification, and uh, glorification. Those are all nice big words, but they don't mean a whole lot, right? Sanctification literally means to set yourself apart for God. That's all it means. Either you belong to the Lord or you don't. You say you're saved and you're baptized and you're part of the church. Wonderful. That means you're supposed to be sanctified. If you're not sanctified, then what have you set your life aside for? Making money? Living worldly? Then how do you call yourself a Christian? How do you walk with the Lord? Do you see what I'm saying? The two are at odds. And he says, sanctify yourself. You know why? Because the Israelites weren't walking with God, just like people today don't walk with God. We walk in the flesh. A lot of Christians do. And I, when I say we, I'm talking generically, understand. And if the finger happens to pierce through to you, that's the word of God, not me, okay? And all Israel was to come, no exception. By the way, the brazen altar that was mentioned there in Joel 2.17, uh, it, it's, it's talked about because it's saying, the sin offering's already been made. We should be weeping because Jesus has already died for the sin, our sins. It's already taken care of it. We should be praying that we get past this. We move forward and get ready. The priest waiting at the porch. Oh, by the way, why do we gather together? Why are you even here tonight? To, re to remind you, you are not alone in your worship and following of God. 
really. Um, it would have been nice to stay home tonight in a nice warm room, maybe with a hot cup of whatever you drink, okay, wrapped in a blanket and watching whatever you like to watch, doing whatever you like to do, or even just going to sleep for those of you that are exhausted. But we gather together because God calls us to come together on a regular basis to worship him and to fellowship. That fellowship is to minister to your heart and to the hearts of those that see you. You're an encouragement to me. I remember this sister's face from September. I don't know why, but I do. You in the burgundy, okay, behind Mrs. Jacobs. I remember Sam Hardy from September. I can't forget him. <laughs> uh, folks, you encourage one another just by your presence. You're not alone. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. I know that's an easily thrown out there verse, but it goes with the trumpet of assembly. There's a purpose. We're called to assemble. We're called to separate because the trumpet of assembly, you know, there's the trumpet that we, the trumpets that we have to practice now today. And I'll wrap it up here. We're the ones that are to stand in the gap. We're to be the Abrahams. We're to be the Moseses of today. Oh, but I'm not Moses. Well then, just break your tablets and walk away. If you can't pray for someone, then what are you doing? If, if, if you can't talk to God, then why do you call him your God? He created you and he created a new creature when he saved you. Behold, all things are passed away. All uh, old things are all things are passed away. All things are become old things are passed away. All things are become new. I'm gonna getting tongue tied, but we're to stand in the gap. Why? We're the believer priest. We're the royal priesthood. We're to warn the enemy, warn uh, of the enemy. Satan wanted to sift Peter. Did you know that? Right after Peter said something wonderful. You know how many times Peter got, stuck his foot in his mouth? Remember he walked on water? What happened right after that? He sank. Remember? Can you imagine sinking? Lord, save right after walking on water. Man, he was on a spiritual mountaintop, I mean, spiritual wave top. Next thing you know, he's six foot under. And, and then... He says, thou art the, the Christ, the son of the living God. And a few verses later, the Bible tells us, get thee behind me, Satan. Christ said that to Peter. And on the night of, of Jesus' arrest and judgments, those three trials that he faced, he was gathered around a fire and he denied Christ three times. And then, then the cock crew. And you know what, what happened then? Peter realized, yep, he had failed again. We have a problem. We're to warn the enemy, warn of the enemy, because even the ones that seem the most stalwart can fall, just like Peter. Some of you think, I've got it. I'm okay. I'm on, I'm on the even keel then beg God to keep you from falling. 
Pray for your spouse. Pray for your children. Pray for your parents. Pray for everybody in your church because Satan wants you and wants to pin you down. He wants to keep the unbeliever unbelieving away from heaven. And we're to stand in the gap to be ready for the return of the Lord. We've got to warn them. God's coming. Yes, you need to get saved, but there's a reason they need to get saved. The second point is the, the trumpet of assembly, the assembly up there. When we go up there, not everyone's going to be able to come and join. They have to know the Lord, the trumpet of assembly. I'm going to ask you a simple question tonight as we stand to our feet and close. Very simple question. If you're here tonight and you do not know the Lord as your Savior, then the trumpet of warning is for you, first and foremost. That God is coming in judgment and he will judge your sin. And if you haven't taken care of it, will you tonight? There are men and women that will show you out of the Bible, man, with man, woman with woman, how you can know for sure that you can escape that judgment to come and know Christ as your Savior. If you're here tonight and you do know Christ as your Savior, are you blowing the trumpet? Because you are the trumpeteer today. You are the watchman on the wall. You're the one that makes up the hedge. You're the one that is supposed to give the warning and call for assembly. Are you blowing the trumpet, Christian? Father, we come before your throne of grace tonight. We ask and pray that you would move in our hearts now and be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.